For a child has been born for us, a son given to us, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Please be seated. Well, Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to all of you at home watching. I know that there are a lot of folks from Grace who are traveling, and I just want to extend my love and prayers to each of you, and a special love and prayer to my father, Jim, and my brother, Curtis, and they are not able to be with us tonight, but I carry them in my heart. Well, with all love and goodness that is within me, I welcome each and every one of you to this very special service on this very special night. Did you know we are joined with well over Two billion people, more than one quarter of the world's population, who are also right now in church attending services. Pretty astounding, huh? Lots of us in church this holy night. But you all have chosen to celebrate the Lord's birth at a little parish named Grace. Maybe that's exactly what has beckoned you here this evening, the longing and the need for grace. And knowing that it is in this holy and sacred space, on the most holy and sacred of all nights, grace can be received. It is no accident that you're here if any words might resonate this night, please be assured of these words that I tell parishioners at Grace over and over. You are loved by a God who knows you. And you are never, ever alone. By a God who is made incarnate this night. We have gathered inside our own manger this night. Just look up. It's the safest, warmest, most contented place one could be on a night like tonight. Our very own manger, Grace Episcopal, is ready to welcome Jesus. Well, I share this almost every single Christmas Eve. The gospel reading was taken from Luke. It is the gospel I grew up reading every Christmas Eve with my own family. It is the most familiar to me and, for me, the most endearing. The story of a king being born is told by the lowliest and the most despised members of society, the shepherds. 
the worst of the worst. That's why they spent their days in the fields, away from people, away from everybody. And yet, in God's mystery and wisdom, it is them, it is the lowliest, the dreaded, the worst, the shepherds, who are chosen as the ones the angel reveals that the Savior of the world has been born. This news wasn't given to the governor, wasn't given to Quirinius or Caesar Augustus, but to a group of unnamed shepherds watching sheep in a very dark field. So when the angel comes, the shepherds are scared out of their minds. They are literally terrified. This has to be simultaneously the most frightening and the most wonderful moment of their lives. And in true angelic fashion, the response by these heavenly messengers is do not be afraid. Words of comfort to them, for all of us, even this night I hope it's words of comfort. Words spoken by messengers from God, repeated throughout the biblical narrative from beginning to end, we see these words said again and again. When fear begins to set in, and the people of God need to be reminded of what is true. The greatest news ever told, the message of Christmas, was delivered after the words, don't be afraid, are spoken. What makes this story remarkable is once the shepherds hear this, their response is one of immediacy. Yes, they are really afraid, but they don't question. They don't go and hide. They are moved. They are moved to travel, to go to Bethlehem and discover for themselves the news that the Lord has made known to them. They knew that they were given news that was so profoundly special. And they knew it was from God. So they had to go. And with heart-led immediacy, with momentum and intentionality, they went. Well, as I was writing for this evening, this scripture hit home for me in a new way yesterday. I had my own sense of needing to go immediately. Like the shepherds, I needed to go. My need to go was upon hearing the news of one of our parishioners, Teddy Rideout. She'd been admitted to the hospital again. 
And upon entry into her room in the emergency room, I knew immediately she needed a visit. I felt led in that moment to read her all of the scripture passages that we have read here this evening, hoping in some measure that it would connect her to this place that she loves so much. And what surprised me when coming to the point in the narrative in the Gospel of Luke, when the angel says to the shepherds, do not be afraid, Teddy mouthed those words as I read them out loud to her. It was remarkable. I was saying them, and she was mouthing them back to me. It was almost like a light bulb went off for both of us, for in that moment, I knew exactly that I had been sent by God to tell Miss Teddy to not be afraid. And she herself was needing to hear those words because without thinking, they came from her mouth. She expressed to me that she had been terribly, terribly afraid. And she went on to share with me how tired she has become. And upon seeing me, this is what she said to me. Mother Suzanne, when you entered my room, I thought you were a vision, a vision from God that I didn't understand that had come. But then you shared the words, do not be afraid. And I knew you had been sent to bring good news to me, to remind me I am never alone and that I am loved by God. Do not be afraid. The Gospel writer, Luke, by tasking the shepherds with delivering the news of the birth of Jesus is saying that the way the world has always been will no longer be. God doesn't come as everyone expects, full of power and might. Instead, he comes in the form of a vulnerable baby with no means of protection, who wails and cries, who needs care and love. He doesn't come to the high and mighty. Instead, he is found amongst the lowly, in the most unlikely places, to the most unlikely people. Us, shepherds. 
In my walk of faith, one of the things that I have learned about God is that God is a God of surprises. It makes faith fun for me. Working in ways we least expect. Bringing people to us we least expect. Calling the structures and ways of the day into question and ultimately declaring a new beginning all together. And sometimes we just need to be reminded, don't be afraid of it. Just don't be. Welcome the wonder. Welcome it. So I will say, if you find your place, if you find yourself in that place this night, you've been led to a place called grace on the holiest night of the year, and maybe, just maybe, you're looking for a new beginning. Well, you've landed in a spot that will tell you that is the Christmas message. You have come to discover the greatest gift ever given to the world, one in which love and joy are the stars, one in which redemption happens, one in which new beginnings are always possible. Thanks be to God. I will say God didn't make himself incarnate in Jesus to make things better or to make things more bearable. I do think it helps a great deal. But those of us who've walked the faith know it's not easy. But through Jesus, God came to turn everything upside down and inside out, to resurrect and redeem, to make beauty from ashes, to rebuild what's broken. And perhaps something seen as irreparable, to surprise and reverse and to make right all that is wrong. Thanks be to God. The gift of God's own self in Jesus is the revelation that God will provide more than we can ask or imagine for the working out of God's reconciliation with us. What does that mean, Mother Suzanne? Well, essentially it means to save us from all manners from which we need saving, most of which we don't even know. But he does. So thanks be to God that tonight we celebrate a mother cradling her perfect gift in her arms. We celebrate shepherds whom the world despised and overlooked, but who were brave enough to heed and believe the call of God and his amazing miracle. Tonight we celebrate a mother and father who gave thanks for what they had and offered their lives to the mystery, trusting in its power to do more for them than they could ask or imagine. We have waited patiently and he's finally here among us and with us. It is a night worthy of celebration. 
We are given a savior this night. He is ours and we are his. As fellow pilgrim and former poet Mary Oliver says, good news, great joy. This is the daily invitation of God to me and to you. If you suddenly and unexpectedly feel joy, don't hesitate. Give into it. Don't be afraid of its plenty. For joy is not made to be a crumb. <laughs> not a crumb. No way. May the joy of Christmas be yours this beautiful and holy night, wherever you are and whoever you're with. This night isn't a crumb. It is so full of abundance. It is life-giving. And it's yours, all yours for the taking. Receive it with joy, dear ones. Receive it with joy. Merry Christmas. Amen. May the Lord, mighty Lord, bless and keep you forever. Granting peace, perfect peace, courage in every Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon you this most holy night and always. Amen.